It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Oh, did you know that we're going to be recording Barely in Topic in 10 minutes, guys? Oh. Oh. Um, that's what that's what my computer is telling me. My Mac oh, cal- oh. calendar is telling me that we're doing that. So not that we're doing that right now or anything. It's just or that we've been attempting to do that for the last hour. <laughs> we're actually going to record in 10 minutes. So you can just say whatever you want right now. Uh, not in front of a hot mic. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely on topic and it's another week and I don't know. I, I I might die during this podcast episode or not, but I, I managed to be sick and get better, so we're forging on. Should I tell them the other stuff? I mean, it's a decision you can make. <laughs> That's usually Jeff's way of saying you shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, it's more my way of saying I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Well, you can't possibly do it, so good for Not you. Not specifically, no, but you get <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Oh, gosh. Okay, it's been a hockey-free week, which I'm actually kind of enjoying because I need a break every once in a while. And after last week's showing, I really needed a break. Yeah. But, you know, that's not even exactly where I want to start right now. I, I do want to point our direction into uh, the thing that I think Jeff said first. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jeff and Tim are here. Yo. <laughs> Hello there. Peter Shirelli. Peter Shirelli is finally out of a job in Edmonton. He didn't even last four seasons. He did not. Um, for the second time, he has been fired about less than a week after acquiring Colby Cave. GM killer. (laughs) No, 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 no. Chia killer. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, you know, I wasn't quite ready to to bring in good old pal Colby Cave. Say it. (laughs) 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 This is the last time that we'll probably be able to do that. Until he comes back to the P Bruins, as Jeff predicts. But anyway, Peter Shirelli managed to get himself fired. Let's talk about his notable achievements. He has traded the top two draft picks from the, what, 2010 entry draft? Uh, yes, yes. Wow, that's that's amazing. For, of course, the, 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 the cumulative sum of Adam Larson, Louis Erickson, Riley Smith, Matt Frazier, and Joe Morrow. <laughs> oh, let's not forget Joe Morrow. Notice I, 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 he was the one I hesitated with. Somehow I remember Matt Frazier better. That makes no sense. Sure, Froyo had a more important goal, singular, but Joe Morrow was on this team a hell of a lot longer. Oh my god, Joe Morrow was like, he was the rash that wouldn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he even outlast he, he even outstayed his welcome longer than like you know than than well not than Bart but like than Trotman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now he's doing Joe Morrow things in Winnipeg or something like hey, that. Hey, he's having a career there, so good for him. 
Uh, it just wasn't working here. The Joe Morrow experience was not what is he we... actually playing, or is he their, or is he their seven D? Uh-huh. I need to find out. He 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 was seventh at best here at best, but um, you know it's not the Joe Morrow show, and Froyo is 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 remarkable for the fact that he scored that goal in Montreal, won that oh, game yeah. on my birthday. Yeah, on my birthday that year. So that's why I will always remember Froyo. So, but Morrow's only played, <clears throat> only has played twenty nine games for them this year, and right now is one of their top six because Dustin Buffalo insert the end. I will argue that it is twenty nine more games than he's played for the Bruins this year. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's, it's, that's. <laughs> It's also 29 more games that he played for the Bruins last year. And the most spectacular part, it's 12 more games than he played for the Bruins the year before. <laughs> he was on the roster for the entirety of 16-17 and 17 years. Oh, my God. You have to be talented to do that. Like, be on the roster the entire year and play less than a quarter of the games. Yeah, under 20 games. <laughs> All right, so so back to our, our old pal Chia, <laughs> <laughs> the Chia Pet, yes. Chia. <laughs> so he's he's the other team. He's the other GM besides Sweeney that made tangentially Matt Barzal related mistakes. Um, so that kind of draw, draws the fire off Sweeney on Barzal. On Barzal screeching for a few days. Well, okay, Peter Shirelli built an excellent Isles team. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Boychuk, Eberle, Barzal. He really built a really good New Jersey team, too. So, like... New Jersey's not doing so well right now. The Isles were in number one spot of the Metro for a while, so... He's probably the reason why they made the playoffs last year. Oh, I absolutely agree that the reason why... The Devils made an appearance in the playoffs last year was because of Taylor Hall, who won the the big MVP trophy, whatever the fuck it's called. Heart. That's what it should be called. The big MVP trophy. <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called. That's that's the very long name of this trophy now. <laughs> I can't remember all the trophies. Good God. I, we could play a game sometime. Not tonight. Some other time where you... you Come out with a, a name of a trophy, and I have to tell you what it means. So, some of the things about TV or Shirelli, right now they are currently paying five former Bruins, varying from failed to spent, to be either on that team or in some vague way affiliated to the team. That is to say, of course, they, they of course, paying Milan, Milan Lucic all of the money for six million a year for four seasons. Seasons after this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Bruins fans want him back. <laughs> those, Bruin, those particular Bruins fans should should voluntarily remove themselves from the gene pool, preferably with a pair of garden shears, a rusty one at that. It's none of our <laughs> listeners. I know, I know. We're not that. Uh, we don't. We 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 don't. We don't, we don't um, appeal to that sort of folk. No, no. Our listeners are much smarter. Yes. So, so the rotting husk of Milan Lucic. Of course, Colby, uh, Colby Cave. Cafe. <laughs> Matt Benning. Oh. Who was a Bruins draft pick, of course, who then was uh, 
told no to be who, who then bailed who then um, uh, did the, the college exit from on the team when they told him no no go back for your fourth year and then we'll sign you so he said oh. no drop out of school and go sign for the Oilers oh. the kid's judgment stellar like dropping out and dropping out of school to join the Oilers is sort of like you know dropping out of school to like do heroin um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, was thinking meth sure. but okay <laughs> It's true. Have you seen the difference between when McDavid was drafted and now? Oh. He looks like he's seen some shit. <laughs> to be fair, though, you could. You, to be fair, though, like so I, I'm sure there's videos out there with the um, uh, with, it, with with the interview of him after the draft lottery that year that are just like all the sound cut is just "Hello, darkness, my old friend." <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, wait a minute. I I have to ask you, how many people here of the three of us and listeners you can play at home? How many of us thought after that meeting on Monday that Peter Shirelli somehow surviving that meeting was going to do something really stupid like trade Connor McDavid? I can't rule it out. Like honestly, like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like be very quiet. He's going to do something stupid. Yeah, he did. However, instead he put Ryan Spooner on waivers. By the way, I wasn't done with the list of former Bruins that, are, <laughs> that the Oilers are now currently paying. Now we're into the category of former Bruins. The Oilers are are, are paying to not be Oilers. Oh, God. <laughs> of course, Ryan Spooner, who is a quiet, who of course has um after being on fire for the Rangers after being traded to 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 um uh, to New York last spring, has been absolute dog shit. Contract here. Contract year, they gave him two year, two years at four million a year, and he's just crap. So he got traded one for one for Ryan Strom, which I'll note, Strom was the one for one result return for Jordan Eberle. Now Ryan Spooner was waived on Monday, sent down by the team on on Wednesday, and then Peter Chirelli, Chirelli was fired. <laughs> In short. They turned Jordan Eberle into a $2.075 million dead cap hit for this year and next. <laughs> and lastly, the last former Bruin that the Oilers are still be, are paying not to be Oilers is Benoit Pouliot. <laughs> whom, whom they are paying after this year two more years at one and a third million dollars to not be an Oiler. And you know what the sad thing is, is that, yes, he was declining, but he was playing some of his best hockey with the Oilers. Oh, I was going to say, it's like, that, was a, that was a silly buyout because, like, he was still a useful player, more useful than some of these other who-the-fuck's-that-guys they got on this, on, on this roster. Like, 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 some of these players are clearly made up. I mean, I, I know who they all are, but I'm going to make the joke anyway. But, you know, like, Tobias Readers, Hack Cassie, and Kyle Brodziak. Ty Raddy, Jushar Kyra, these are made-up players. Kevin Gra- Kevin Gravel, that's a made-up player. Definitely a made-up player. It sounds like a Street Fighter character. One that you <laughs> kick your ass at an early level. Whose ass you kick at an early level? <laughs> I mean, like, then yes, they're all NHL roster players. That doesn't mean they're not made-up players. Okay. I'm just saying they're all bad. Yes, yes. I, I didn't understand why he bought out Pouliot. I just didn't. And again, we're in the second year of the buyout, and there's still two more years of paying Pouliot. Again, they could have rolled out the strand. One of my favorite tweets about Shirelli was that they they traded Eberly to the Isles for nothing. So maybe nothing can play on McDavid's wing and score 30. It just blows me away. Like, how do you, I mean, like, 
Don't get me wrong, he wasn't going to build a successful team without trading a few of his numerous highly ranked players. Yeah, so yeah, they were going to have to probably going to trade a few of those uh, uh, of those high draft picks in order to build other parts of the team. Yes, they were have to trade someone to get some defense, some useful defensemen for sure. But like, what the fuck are any of those trades? Like seriously, seriously, Chia. Now, now when people reckon with Chia's badness, I still want to punch some, punch everyone in the junk. It doesn't matter what kind of junk they have. For any time someone mentions wheel, any time someone mentions the fucking Wheeler trade, it's a bad trade. It's like, yeah, it wasn't a good trade. You know what though? Banners, motherfucker, banners. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, do you think that they they did something when when Chia was in Boston? They said, "Oh, sure, Peter, you are the GM." You're making all of the decisions and you're doing such a good job. And then they quietly undid the stuff that he did. Like he was going to trade for somebody who was far worse. And they're like, no, 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 no. We'll take Peverly. That is great. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's so bad at it. He's so bad at his job. Like he's remarkably bad at his job. How? How did we think he was going? Well, that's just it. Like the backbone of that cup team, mind you, right? were there before technic some of them only technically but before chia yeah yeah bergeron, bergeron and critchy were mike o'connell draft picks right mm-hmm. jeff gordon traded for uh, rask jeff gordon also drafted kessel this, this being important in a more convoluted way of course luch and marchand and gordon signed chara and savard now yes of course chiarelli almost certainly <coughs> those things particularly chara but the point is, he wasn't GM yet. He was GM two weeks after they signed. Right, 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 right. But, like, <laughs> like were they constantly just running interference? Like, Chirelli thinks this guy's a good guy. No, 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 no. We're going to trade for... We're going to trade for these other guys instead, but we'll make it I mean, seem like he made some that of decision. Those, some of those bit players, the first couple Chiarelli um, uh, GM years, you know, your, your Glenn Metropolits and your and your um, uh, your Steve Beggins and so forth, you, got, you might have a point. Tim, thoughts? He was just really bad. He was the one... I, I don't have a problem with the Wheeler trade just because, like you said, Banner and also, I really like... Well, that's just Heverly. it. Heverly's one of my favorite former Bruins. Like, he, is, he may be my favorite non-Brad or Patrice Bruin from that cup run. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, he would definitely be mine. I mean, I I I really liked Peverly a lot and I think he was he was bad. He was just bad at his job, and it was crazy. It was crazy to me after the Bruins fired him that Edmonton decided it was a good idea to hire him. It's okay. That was during um, that window with the stupid compensation rule, and that's how the Bruins drafted Jackson Nistanica. True. I mean, it worked out for us. I mean, but uh, it's just it's it's wild to me that he he was hired by them in the first place, and I don't think you'll see him working in hockey anymore no one's gonna trust him enough to be a gm again and honestly who's gonna really trust him to even be like a scout or anything i don't think oh well his drafting is so bad like obviously you don't want you doing any scouting stuff so you don't want him you don't want want him scouting you don't want him which means you also don't want him in player personnel you don't want him in uh in 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 cap management it's the last place you want chia i wouldn't want chiarelli scouting the grocery store for lunch, let alone my hockey team. 
So <laughs> he comes back. Look, I traded my shoes for this weak old bologna sandwich. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's leather for leather. <laughs> and then someone points out, it's like Peter, that's not even a sandwich. That's some. Um, that's, that's that's some baloney between some pieces of drywall. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not baloney. <laughs> Me love those sheets, everyone. <laughs> I I will say I am gonna miss the whole. Oh, the Bruins got rid of someone. Who is he? Who are they gonna go to? Probably Edmonton, because I mean, that's. How, I mean, that's how, Beautiful is that the cave waiver claim came in less than a week before he got fired. Like, how perfect is that? <laughs> Just like fucking nailed it, fucking nailed it. Oilers <laughs> finally caved and they fired him. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you really caved in Chiarelli's job. <laughs> uh. Okay, so. So the timeline of events went down this week. Uh, what was it? It was uh, Monday or something. They had a, There was a practice that was scheduled for 11.30 a.m. And it was suddenly canceled. They were having a team meeting an hour earlier. All of my press availability. <laughs> right. And then Shirelli still had his job. So it was like, whoa, well, okay, why did they do any of this? But then right after the press availability, Ryan Spooner goes on waivers. Yes, with that Tyratty. Ty Ratty was supposedly going to be a um, David winger, but uh, Pascal Dupuis, he is not. Mm. So so then, Shirelli decided to sign the other goalie, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a 30-something-year-old goalie. 30. Yeah, who hadn't had any success, really. He had, I think, three NHL games played before this season. <laughs> to a three-year, $4.5 million extension. And has a partial no-trade clause because, of course, it does. That's so Shirelli. I mean, he learned at least it's only a partial no-trade instead of premium deal there. Yeah, so basically after that, everybody was like, well, Cam Talbot is probably just going to get traded anywhere now. Uh, anywhere he wants to go, he's going to be traded. Uh, and you know what? Maybe that's a good thing for him. But basically, everybody scratched their head about this this contract because it's like, it's out of nowhere. He's rewarding a guy on very little work. And he's got a 908 save percentage in his incredibly small number of NHL games. Yeah! Gotta lock, gotta lock that fucker down. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely gotta lock that down. And Is that guy single? Because I think I'd like to put a ring on it, too. Part of me almost feels bad for McDavid with Chiarelli getting fired because at least when Chiarelli was a GM, there was a chance he was going to get traded and get out of there. Well, now there's no chance. Ultimately, like, I, I look at this roster and I don't see how a new GM can fix it. Okay, I, I'm still not done with the timeline. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let me just finish up the timeline, then we'll go on to that. So Tuesday night, they went on to lose their, I don't know how many, 12th or 13th in 15 games. They are firmly in seventh in the Pacific, and they decided to relieve him of his duties at 9.30 p.m. that night. But tell no one until about, well, let's see, it was the three-hour-old tweet was the one I saw when I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning, Atlantic time. 
so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they didn't tell anybody for a few hours, I guess. But uh, yeah, what's done is done. Now go ahead, lay all of your stuff about fixing so, that. Like, well, who the fuck are they going to get the hot? Who's going to want to run that team? Like, okay, so yeah. Oh, you think? Oh, GM would rush to run. They want to run a team that has Connor McDavid. I'm like, yeah. But it also that they also got to deal with let's see the shattered remains of Milan Lucic, which we've already said is a baloney uh, piece of baloney between two pieces of drywall, and like Chris Russell, and and then like they got this dead money from Spooner, and they've got all the an assortment of lingering over buyouts they're still paying for between Pouliot and Eric Griba, and like there's question mark of what of what of that that um Andre Sakara is at this point. Oh my god, I didn't know he was still around. And Chris Russell, oh my god, he still persists. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, both of them are yeah. under contract for two more years after this one. But who, but no one seems to know if Sakara is even going to ever play again, which that's honestly at this point probably the better scenario because if he comes back into shit after these injuries, which has been the case so far. And then this Koskinen, and then this Koskinen contract, like... I wouldn't want to touch this franchise with a 10-foot pole. Part of me almost thinks that they have to trade McDavid to get some like type of draft assets to just start over. Well, see, there's the thing about it, you know? There is a pretty strong case for Nuket from Orbit, but yeah... Ideally, what you would do is you get Connor McDavid's like, okay, look, here's the deal, here's the plan. We're gonna nuke it from orbit and build back around you because you're here. This will happen quick, right? But a, why should you believe that? And b, okay, so if you're gonna do that, you have like three assets people would want, but those are the ones you want to keep. See, exactly. That's the thing. Like, like if you nuke it from orbit, you have to get rid of like everyone, including McDavid. Like, that's the only way it's gonna work because. You have so much money tied up in like at, in people that no one want, and like you s- said earlier, Lucic is on the books for four more years. Like it's gonna be at least four or five years before they finally, in like a cap position, start r- a rebuild. This team has been like masterfully fucked up. I would well, rather be the, the Seattle franchise coming in and doing an doing a, a draft with as a Seattle franchise, and I'd want to be Edmonton right now. Well, here's the thing, and here's the thing with Lynch contract's done. McDavid will be freaking, will be turned 27 during the season after the after Lynch is, is gone. So basically you're torching his high, his high score, his high, what are going to be his highest scoring years, namely what should be like this year until about a year before then. So I think the thing that this really tells us is that you should never feel like you have loyalty to specific players. No. Because they just get you in a heap of trouble. Chia, not even once. This is what happens when you pay for past performance rather than pay for what you think you're going to get in the future. Oh my god, this might be the most... Okay, I just stumbled across a player on on Edmonton's cap-friendly page in their, their, their prospects. And and just based on this last name, he's clearly the most Chiarelli player of all time. Oh my god! Okay. He big. He big. It's probably Habig or something, but Cameron. <laughs> Cameron he big. <laughs> Is it H E B B I G? One B. Oh god. Again, he big. <laughs> that is he big. 
<laughs> that is an extremely Chia player. <laughs> I mean, that's what. That's exactly how Milan Lucic was signed to Edmonton. He went into there. He's like, Lucic, he big. Got to sign him. So oh. once he saw... Oh, he big isn't even that large. It says he's listed at six foot, 183 pounds. He a lie. <laughs> but Chiarelli didn't know that. He saw the name without any of the anything else. He's like, yep, definitely got him. Once he was pulled into camp, they were like, wait, what? I was duped again? No! <laughs> all right, all right. Have we exercised our ghosts about Peter Shirelli? I don't know. Is this horse sufficiently be- beaten? Beaten, I will say thank you for helping win the cup. Even though we know it was everybody behind the scenes that was, like, thwarting your every move. Except exactly. Probably, except probably Jim Benning, because he just seems like he's not very bright. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yet, Vancouver's Vancouver's future looks bright, for, by all accounts. I'd still take Vancouver's future over Edmonton's right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of dumb contracts in Vancouver, and most of them were, you know, uh, are Jim Benning's doing, doing. But, like, yeah, there's just there's there's good things that could happen there. And all the, most of those bad contracts, except for Louis, are, like, not nearly as bad as all those Edmonton contracts. I really thought that Chio was going to do a better job in Edmonton, but I was wrong. And uh, now he's not there anymore, so... Well, that was just... That's the funniest thing about Chia, really. Sorry, I'm, I don't want to pile on more, but, like, we, we at the end of his time in Boston, it was he was too attached to his players, right? Yep. So you're, you're right. There's reason things are okay with a new franchise. He'll, he'll, do, he'll, he'll do it right again. And he just got worse in that regard. It's the weirdest thing. It's like he doubled down on it. It's like, this worked for me before. I got a cup. I, I have feel like his entire tenure with the Oilers just like an extended, like, three-year performance of the um, uh, of the aristocrats. Chiarelli <laughs> <laughs> is legitimately insane. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. He certainly did the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expected that different result. Well, poor one out for Chia. He's done. Let's talk about somebody else who's done for the season. Oh. oh. So, uh, Anders Bjork is having shoulder surgery again on the same shoulder and will be out for six months. He's already had the surgery, so that's good. But one has to wonder what happened here. Now, Don Sweeney swore up and down that he was on the right path with the rehabilitation, that he wasn't lagging behind, yet he didn't play in the preseason. He did start the year in Boston, but then ended up being sent down to Providence, and then that's where he re-injured it. So what happened here? Did did he just not properly recover from the other surgery and that they messed up with the rehab or is this a problem that he's going to continue to have so shoulder injuries once they're properly dealt with don't seem to be too big a problem like i know like you know zach parise lost an entire season to a shoulder injury some years ago came back the next year for his last year in in, in new jersey and was great mm. fortunately mm. like they're not one of the more chronic of uh, of hockey injuries right so my feeling is that is that his um, rehab ran too long into the season. He was still doing rehab come come camp, right? 
training camp, yeah. He was still yeah, doing so it. Yeah, like so which meant his, his training wasn't right because he was doing rehab training, not getting geared up to make the fucking team this year training. Right. So if it's out five, six months, that means he should be able to do real training come, come uh, late June. Hopefully. Hopefully. Which means hopefully he can come into camp next year, you know, really primed because, like... Those winger spots are only going to be are going to are only going to become harder to get by. Like after this year, I sincerely doubt the team's going to be looking to you know is, is going to be ready to hand over winger spots to to, to anyone without them having proved it. Oh yeah. So anyway, get well soon, Anders. I still believe in you. You are a very fun player to watch. Just something's not right right now. Hopefully, hopefully the surgery fixes that. I wish he could absorb the powers of the players around him like we once predicted he could. And then he'd have a, a healed shoulder, uh, but potentially something much no, worse. No, it wasn't, wasn't Heinen the hockey vampire? Nope, nope. It was Anders Bjork. Trust me, I remember. It was an episode title. Okay, I could have sworn it was Dan Heinen. It's like, because he's, so, he's so pale, you can't see him in, in direct sunlight. <laughs> Denton Heinen is my ex-boyfriend's son. Somehow. Some way. Not mine. My my ex-boyfriend. I, I I hope that Anders Bjork heals up well and he comes back next season and shows us what he's really got. But right now, I'm not really high on very many wingers at all. Except for you, Jake DeBrusque. I like you. Jake's great. Like, really, just, he's, just, he's just a delight to watch. He is. He is. He is. Well, uh, Peter Solarik was up for a little bit. Um, and uh, did pretty well on Krejci's wing. Yep. They played. They were they playing him on. They were playing him on left and, and Jake on the right. Correct. I think so because why not? <laughs> Let's play Jake on his off wing all the time. Because this Yolo, yeah. <coughs> but um, Slark came in and scored two goals in his first game up. Granted, it was against Flyers goaltending, but it was Carter Hart. His numbers still aren't spectacular. It's just like less garbage than Flyers fans are used to. <laughs> but he is the future. He is the future of the Flyers. Though he is not Gritty's best friend. I think it's, it, again, it's just, just because... Um, actually, no, I'm not going to make that joke. That would make me feel like a bad person. Don't say it then. Don't be a bad person, Jeff. And we're wondering, too, with Solaric about being sent down. Apparently, as part of the CBA, he wasn't eligible for the bye week. So he had to be sent down to the HL. He didn't have enough games played. Yeah. All right. So, yes. So he had to go back down to Providence for now until the break. I I guess the bye week is technically over because tonight is the start of the all-star stuff, the media stuff anyway, over in San Jose. Yeah, and apparently something about what's going on. It's interesting enough that, like, Wyshynski brought his dog from New Jersey to, uh, to San Jose with them. I would take my dog everywhere if I could. And, like, and, and, and Sneakers is adorable. Sneakers is a great name for a dog. It's pretty, it is a pretty great name. But uh, I, I basically, I, I feel like um, the NHL this week made a petition on their Twitter account for uh, please, 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 all 31 teams get a puppy. And I'm like, <gasps> Dog hockey is finally happening! Oh my god! Yes! Guys! Woo! We did it! It was all because of us. Yes! We're going to get, get a cut of that hockey-related revenue from the dog hockey? Some sort of finder's fee? Is it in the form of kisses and snuggles? Because I like that one. 
from dogs. They like to kiss and snuggle. My dog does. Marlo does. Marlo will lick your face no matter what. He loves those kisses. All I can think of, because of all the stuff that you told us about Marlo, he likes to do the drive-by fart. Yep. And all I can think of now, because of that, I think, Jeff, was it you that basically said that Shirelli's signing of Koskinen was basically like farting in the elevator and leaving? Yep. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure I got all my fart-related uh, uh, jokes in. Like, like, like uh, I should be clear, like, we am uh... Uh, someone else on Twitter, I think it might have been Court Lalonde, I think was it, who said the said it was like farting in the farting in a room and leaving. Said no, no, it's worse. He farted in an elevator and left, and then that elevator turns to the rest of Oilers management. It's like I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyway, dog hockey! It's here, dog finally! Hockey. Dog hockey, and so I gotta ask you, uh, who's um, uh, mascots likely to end up hospitalized after a, um, uh, an illegal check to the head from Gritty? Oh, the, oh, mascots! Oh, uh, ooh, um... Because that's a game that's actually happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gritty's gonna go out there without skates and just tackle people. Oh, better. Oh, good scenario. Oh, he's going to um, go after Chance because Chance was the new kid on the block and then he's going to have a beef with him. I was going to say he's going to, what he's going to do is he'll, he'll, he'll throw an illegal check at Blades, but then the costume will collapse and there was never a person in there at all. And then suddenly the arena goes dark. Dun, 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 dun. Is that the Bears music? It, it is the Bears music. Holy fuck, from the top rope. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> I think that would be the best way ever for, for Blades to go away and the bear officially become the Bruins mascot. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I would pay money to see that showdown between the bear and Gritty. It would be the best. <laughs> also, I expect there to be a lot of t-shirts fired at other mascots over that during that game. That'd be a great way to do it. Instead of mascots hockey game, just like a mascots t-shirt cannon paintball fight. <laughs> oh my god, for some reason when you said t-shirt, all I could think of was a mascots wet t-shirt contest of like... What? <laughs> this came from I my mean, brain. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Gritty would win that too. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff sounds like he's seen some shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you see Yuppie? Did Yuppie show you his wet T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tabs. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read it, Emily Benjamin. Did a uh, profile on uh, David David Pasternak, who's going to his first All Star game this weekend. Basically, how important family is to him, and how the Bruins are family for him. It, he felt it from the moment that he met the scouts. You know, Keith Gretzky was the scout at that point, and PJ a Axelson, and he felt this kinship with everybody. And then it continued on when he came to the Bruins and played full time, and all this stuff. And you. There was even that Instagram photo from last year where it was like the whole team and, it, and he labeled it family and it was beautiful. My point was, oh, did you know that he lived with David Krejci for a little bit when he first came up? I mean, it makes oh. sense. Put him with the other Czech guy. 
think, until his English cleans up some. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good article. You should read it. <laughs> Another fun one this week on The Athletic. Joey Mack, the Joey McDonald, had a uh, article on how the Bruins ended up with their various numbers. And the most hilarious thing is, um, so um, uh, Brandon Carlo wanted to be 26, but for one reason or other, I can't remember off the top of my head, ended up being 25. Several players that joined the team subsequently were disappointed they couldn't have number 25. Really? Including including our current number 26. Colby Cave? <laughs> okay, our now former number 26. Colby Cave, sorry. He was like, well, like, we can, he's like, oh, we can trade. And, and then Carlos is like, yeah, no, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be really confusing because they both have names that start with C-A and 25 and 26. And then if you swap them over, it would just be so weird. But like McAvoy apparently played 25 before, join, before joining the Bruins. And 73 is just what they gave him. Pasternak, 88 is also just what he gave him. Like so many of these guys are like have no meaning, have no emotional attachment to their to their numbers at all. It seems. I I love I love 88 for pasta though. Oh, it's I great. Do. A certain friend of ours, Mandy, grumbled about that early on. I think. <laughs> yeah, I know she likes low numbers, and I don't have that thing. Well, her other thing was because um. Some of the other notable 88s have been um, particularly noted douchebags. Oh, okay. Namely, um, uh, Eric Lindros Sorry. and Patrick Kane. Oh, I didn't think about that either. Because I don't think beyond our team sometimes. Oh, well, Eric Lindros was like long gone before you, you started watching the sport too. So Yeah. I wish that Carlo had kept 73 because he originally wore 73. And I, I enjoyed that. I, I personally like that number combination. Because it's my birth year, but... It's also like the inverse of Berkey's numbers, which is like, you know... Right! If Carlo had the 73 at that point, I could have had a 37 and a 73. And you know I like palindromic number combinations. But anyway, 25 is fine. I'm I'm getting used to it. I wear that number often when I go to the game. So, but, um, you know, I I wondered when uh, Charlie McAvoy made it to the team when he got 73 i wondered if i had picked the wrong 73 you know what it is a lot of guys um play a lot of guys played with single digit numbers apparently before joining before getting to the bruins what is what it is and the only single digits left available to the bruins are one which of course only goalies ever wear right and six which is which is a cursed number most recently recently carried by colin miller Mm, yeah i don't want that number yeah. Oh, you know the interesting thing about goalies, right? Your top goalie used to wear number one, and then the backup goalie would wear zero. 30. Okay. And then when Ken Dryden came up, one was taken, 30 was taken by an injured player, I think, or one of those two. One of the two, the top two players was uh, was injured, uh, the two goalies, and he he had no number confirmation, so he took 29. Hmm. And that is how the trend changed. So now goalies will wear just about any number they want. There are goalies that wear Bergie's number, for God's sakes. But they are. There is, does seem to be a preference among goalies, among numbers that end in zero. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then you do still get some goalies that'll play one. And we don't think there's been a play a goalie in the league in a couple of years that's played with the number zero. But that used to be a thing too, which is pretty which is pretty rad actually. And, like, if I was Zane McIntyre, I would definitely play zero. Oh, I would, too. 100%. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I have I've often wondered what I would pick as a number. 
See, the number I always pl- played with was uh, I played 14 on sports because it was the random Boston College T-shirt we pulled out of the bag that had numbers on them for, uh, for Frisbee <laughs> um, when I was in high school. So, yeah, I, I, I played 14. So, like, I have, you know, jersey. I've you know, residents hockey jerseys and stuff with like with a 14 on it and stuff too. But again, it was just the number I pulled out of a bag. Right. And I'm not fighting Chris Wagner for it. So he can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm partial to 68 just because it was my football number in high school. Yeah. See, that's the thing about like professional football. There is a number confirmation, which is being tattered uh, every year that goes by but you know you used to be able to look at a number on a, on a player's jersey and know what position they played position yeah yeah so it's like you could look at somebody who's wearing a 20s a number in the 20s and you'd go okay that person's either a running back or it's uh it's a what's it called uh it's a defensive corner back. Defense. yeah 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 and so then you look at the body type and if that person's like uh like really muscle bound and they look like they could run you over that's a running back. <laughs> if they kind of looked lean and mean, that was a defensive back. That's how it was. Um, but then, you know, you have defensive backs that are in the 40s. Your linemen, your your offensive linemen almost always wore 60s and 70s. But now defensive linemen can wear 70s. Um, sometimes they wear 60s. Sometimes they wear 50s, even though that's usually a linebacker's number. Anyway. So that's where I come from. So it's like, I, I see numbers like for me, it's like, okay, if you wear the number 55, you better fucking hit hard. That's my, that's my personal number confirmation. So you see Johnny Boychuk and he's wearing 55 and it's like, boom. And then fortunately, Noel Chari is the one that picks it up next, who hits exactly like Boychuk, which is great. Right. So I have no problem with it. I mean, I'd love to see it on a defenseman, but it's not, it, it's fine. It all works out. Can confirm the Bucks. One of the Bucks' best players ever was Derek Brooks, and he was number fifty-five. Did he um, hit clean and hard like like I mean, yeah. He's a Hall of Fame linebacker. He was okay, definitely. So yes, yeah, okay, yeah. He definitely was. He was definitely that. So that I can confirm, hitting hard and clean. Fifty-five. I the Bucks have a, a defensive tackle that's number fifty now, and it throws me off so much seeing the defensive tackle as number 50, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. The one, that, the one that I hate is wide receivers that have numbers in the teens. Ugh. <laughs> um, all of the Bucks wide receivers are in the teens. They have a 10, 11, 12, and Ugh, 13. God. <laughs> yeah, and I just sit there and I'm like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Next thing, and then they all have like the... The, the juniors and the seniors and the thirds and the eighths and all that stuff on the back of their jersey, too. And I'm just like, stop it! Stop ruining I mean, these jerseys! The, we haven't seen a... I haven't seen a fourth on the jersey yet, so that's the next thing to come. I swear well, to God, some, I've seen a fifth. Oh, really? My gosh. I've not, I've, I haven't seen one myself, so... I know the Celtics have a senior... But they also have someone who has the third on theirs as well. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, unless you're playing on the same court or field as your father, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's funny because uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. both played on the Mariners at the same time. So they were both, they both had the senior and junior on their jersey. 
But when Ken Griffey Jr. left the Mariners and went to the Reds, he removed the Jr. off his jersey. Well, I think, you know what? I mean, if he wants to be called Ken Griffey Jr., that's fine. I, I have no problem with you being called that. But I just feel like when it comes to your uniform, unless your father's on the same field with you, it's not necessary, actually. No, you're right. And the third is just ridiculous because your grandfather is not playing on that court. Right. I mean, but like RG3 is like a better nickname than, than his actual name. So like, you know, I'll roll with it. <laughs> there are exceptions to rules. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, it's, I'm going to stop being an old crank now. Okay. Potentially the most important thing that we need to talk about right now is Tuka Rask. Oh. Okay. Well, on the game on Saturday... Uh, we are recording on Thursday, the 24th, but uh, on a game on the 19th, the last game before the official buy for the Bruins this year, and uh, against the New York Rangers, Tuka Rask was knocked out of the game in the first period by a player from the, the Rangers charging the net on his way to making a, a successful goal. Uh, yep. Um, uh, Philip Chittle, uh, Chittle. I think it's Cheadle. Cheadle. Okay. okay, like Don. Yes, because immediately when I heard the name, when I, I heard Jack say it, I thought of Don Cheadle. Why is War Machine beating up Tuka Rask? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tuka. The extenuating circumstance is that Cheadle is charging towards the net. He was going to make contact with, with Tuka Rask. Charlie McAvoy saw this happening and he was trying to mitigate the danger, but ended up pushing Cheadle into Tuka Rask and it was a nasty situation. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, like, like Rask's head made contact with Solid Object, what, three times on the way down? First, Cheadle's butt, then the, then, then the post, and then the ice, and then I think Cheadle might have landed on his head too. Um, he had a gash above his left eyebrow, I believe, and his his helmet had been knocked off. When I saw Tuca laying on the ra- uh, on the ice with his helmet off, I'm like, oh shit, because that is not what you want to see. You don't want to see a player get knocked to the ice and his helmet come off. That's not good for them. Unless they're like Brian Miller and like they clearly have their helmet plant dive ridiculously like themselves. So we don't know anything. We we knew it was a concussion. Yes, and it is, it's kind of fortunate it was going into the bye week. And there's still a bunch of days till the first game back. It's just not until Tuesday, 29th. So um, maybe the team will be lucky and he won't yeah, miss any games. Maybe. Well, I don't know if he has a, con- a concussion history. So that would certainly play into it. But I do know that there are a lot of goaltenders who are out with concussions who spend a long time out. Uh, so I, I worry you're worried about, about a you're worried about a Corey Crawford situation. That's what you're saying. Well, uh, he had a complication with vertigo, which was it sounded amazingly similar to Charlie McAvoy's situation. But I, I am worried that he's going to be out for a long time. I'm not saying he's going to be out. Just put a pin in that right there. Yeah, because nobody knows anything. This is not my hope. You know, I, I hope that he takes the time that he needs to recover. Okay, whatever time that is, don't rush him back. It's not going to help anybody, especially him, to get him to come back. But we don't know what's going on because there is no information out there right now. And that's fine. It's the bye week. You know, let him heal up. 
We'll reevaluate next week and see what happens. He could come back quickly. He could spend some time away. I am not going to even say what I think the worst outcome is because we're not going there. We just hope for the speedy recovery, not just so that he's in net for the Bruins, but for his own health and safety. Head injuries suck, and um, they're, they can be so messy. And um, we ne- You never want to see a player suffer the effects of like a Corey Crawford that had the vertigo because of the concussions and things like that. Um, you don't want to see that happen just because and, and, he has a family. You don't want to see. And we just heard today, um, former NHLer um, uh, Ryan Ryan Clo, who'd been you know Robodast Island in Van- in um, uh, New Jersey for a long time, and is now uh, and until today had been an assistant coach with the Newfoundland and Labrador Growlers, um, uh, Leafs ECHL affiliate. He had to resign abruptly because of concussion symptoms. From back when he was pla- from when he was playing in the NHL, and he hasn't played in a long time. <sighs> yeah, you just don't want that to happen to anybody. You really don't. Even, even the, the 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 guys that you hate, just it's not right. Take all the time that you need. Get better. Don't rush it. The team will get through this without you. Poor Tuco. Yeah. Now the worry is in the event he is out. Now speaking beyond the Tuco rests well-being part of things. Uh, with Halak's play of late, that's not good. No. Nope, nope. The team might take a Halacking. Yeah, they're going to get Halacked hard. Yeah, yeah. and because um, the uh, the call-up options aren't great right now. And then uh, and, and Dash. Vladash! Vladash! None of this Vladar stuff. Don't be Vladar. Be Vladash. Anyway, both of them are under 900 on the year in Providence right now, which is not really what you want to look be looking at in a call-up goalie. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the other night they almost called on Andrew Raycroft, who was in the this building. This is true. They, they did have to. They did get Andrew Raycroft to be the potential emergency backup. They actually had somebody go and grab his stuff and bring it into the arena. And and he had he had gear, fortunately, that were made for the the 2016 Winter Classic. Hmm. Alumni game is the only reason he had gear at all, and it just happens to actually be Bruins branded because of that. <laughs> Interesting. And the last professional game he played was in the Italian league. Oh, the the, the elite Italian league, you know, it's very news, well known. In other news, there's an Italian league. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to right now? Matt Zuccarello has the ability to play for Italy if he wanted to, if they would ever have a an ice hockey team in the Olympics. He probably he couldn't for some years, though, because there has to be a gap between the last time you played internationally for one country and before you played for a different one. I Well, I'm just talking about the hypothetical, okay? <laughs> well, you, you using that reasoning, Mika Zibanejad could play for the Iranian hockey team. I think that's fantastic. And the Finnish well. and the Swedish. <laughs> good. He should. That's good. More. More Mika Zabinajad. Yes. For all the teams. Like, s- split him up. Clone him. Clone him for all of those teams. Just everyone gets a Mika Zabinajad. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. To be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not just it's not just Latvians that are plural. <laughs> oh, see, uh, th- I'm being punished for that. I'm going to die. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, we're, we're, we we got lost. Oh, concussions and bladash and and goalies and goalies and. Andrew Raycroft, there we were, yeah. Or maybe we should just, I say just take Jeremy Swayman from Maine and throw him on there. Maine, Black Bear, great. Jeremy Swayman, Maine, Black Bear, absolutely fantastic. He's actually kind of having a eh, year, but still, yeah, Maine, Black Bear. Because he was so good last year. This year, he's only at 9-11, but like Maine's been... Maine's awful. Maine's been Maine. Yeah, they they the longer the days that they were contenders for the uh, Frozen Four. Well, you see, the reason Maine was good deck them was because they used to put quite a bit of money into recruitment. Like we're talking like Big Ten amounts of money into recruitment, but then they cut all that. At which point, like, so players basically have to choose to go to Maine rather than be like drawn in, and um, yeah, or no, or no, yeah. I guess it's not it's not bad for I get they're lucky with Swayman because he's coming from Alaska. Orono must look like heaven. So Well it depends. If he's from like Anchorage, Anchorage is like bigger than Manchester or Portland. Oh well. And he is from Anchorage. I don't know where. Oh yeah, is it Anchorage? Well then it's a <laughs> then it's just Orono. Then it's just Orono. I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. It's it's not great. And the big city there is Banger. Banger? I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not really great. They do they do have an excellent array of uh, bath salts in Bangor. <laughs> have you tried them yourself? <laughs> I, I personally haven't, but... Oh, um, <laughs> But Gritty has. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Gritty's actually a main black, a, a former U-Main black bear gone to seed. <laughs> that would explain so much. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, where are we with the, the Bruins goaltending? Rask, get better, please. I hope your head's okay. Yeah, Halak, please do the best you can, and somebody will be called up from Providence, probably. <sighs> yeah, it's hard to say what they'll do there, though. Whether they give, you know, Zane one last kick at the can, or they just say, you know what, fuck it, Zane's a lost cause at this point. May as well, may as well give the kid a shot. But wouldn't wouldn't Zane also have to clear waivers if they call him up? Uh, there's still the ten game thing, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Maybe ten games or on the or on the roster for a month, so. And it's and I think it's for goalies. It's play, not dress. Okay. Because remember, because that's why, for example, like um, uh, Svedberg got a uh, group sixth. It's because it was played, not dressed. It's because for goalies, it's played, not games played, not dressed for uh, for that too. So. But you know, one thing we don't have to worry about is 
Zane having to clear waivers while Peter Shirelli is a GM in the league. <laughs> 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 and think about Zane. Zane already cleared waivers once this year, right? So, like, and again, the team is there's no the team is letting him go in June. He's 25 right now. They so like fuck, they call him up and they wave him and he gets claimed. Fuck it. But 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 Jeff, it was a funny joke about. Chia taking our guys off waivers. Kyle Kaiser, what are you doing right now? Oh, you see, the thing about Kyle Kaiser is um, both uh, Bladesh and um, uh, McIntyre have to also be unavailable in order to be able to do an emergency call up from the CHL. It is allowed. Happened last year with Vegas when they had three of their four top four goalies down. Um, Wow. Burns will figure this out, and I don't think it'll end up with Kyle Kaiser from the Oshawa Generals. Is he still with them? Yes. Yeah, he is. Ah, he's yeah. actually having a pretty good year. Really good year. He's a 9-2-8. It's pretty solid. And he's signed. Well, it's just he's not. he's undrafted, right? He's a find. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think we need to acknowledge the Bruins and how they played last week. It's a complicated matter to discuss, right? Let's try to do it quickly. Okay, so just to summarize, they played the Habs on Monday the 14th. I was there. Um, It was Peaky Bruins night. The game ended um, uh, 3-2 in overtime. The Bruins uh, took a massive amount of shots on goal, but Price suddenly remembered... How to hockey. How to hockey when it was looking like he no longer knew how. That upsets me for a variety of reasons. Both this game's... Well, this game specific and in general, because I would like prefer to laugh at the Habs. Yeah. So the Bruins split the series with the the Habs two two. Yeah. So in this game, that's a bummer. Like, but again, they put up over forty shots. They just ran into a hot goalie. The fucking way she goes. Yeah, but you can return to form, jerk. Yes. Then last Wednesday on the sixteenth, they of course played the Philly at the Flyers at Philly. Lost 4-3 because, um, while also, again, putting up over 40 shots uh, because uh, Halak uh, played rather poorly. And the Flyers remembered how to hockey because they're not really doing a good job of that at times. Yeah, we got Couturier a couple times there. Oh, yeah. Did he he have a hat trick or was he close to it? I thought it was only two. Okay. Yeah, I think he had two. He was close. Yeah. And then, of course, followed that up the next night. Bruins played pretty well against the Blues, winning 5-2. Winning 5-2. Blues are trying to win back the title of Corpse Army from the Mild. Yep. 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 Just those, um, those West, the, 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 those, those, those first three teams on the west side of the Mississippi are just so blah. Mild, the Blues, and the Stars. Yeah. Yeah, they all suck. Yeah. I'm glad, <laughs> glad we're... Oh, do we have to play the Blues again? Fairly soon, I believe, actually, yeah. Okay, and then all of that will be over because they've played the Stars twice, they've played the Mild twice, I think, right? Oh, no. I don't think they've played them in Minnesota yet, have they? No! Uh, <laughs> Why? The one thing people don't want to do, travel to Minnesota. In winter. Oof. And anyway, and then they closed off the week with a 3-2 loss to the Rangers. 
of course, in which they lost to Garask. That was the bigger loss. Yes. Now, mind you, in Rangers that game, I think the team was playing like dog shit. At least for the parts of the game I did watch. Yeah, that was bad. They didn't they didn't play very well at all. Um, like watching the Rangers, you couldn't understand why the Bruins were losing because the, the Rangers could barely complete a pass. But but then Halak. the Bruins just like then Halak and then the Bruins. Well, and the Bruins also like didn't make weren't doing anything either. Yep. It was a very blah game. Yeah. It was it and you know then we got Halak and we got Zabinajadid. It's almost as if, like, Tuca getting knocked out kind of knocked the wind out of the team. I think the team was a little fried after the after the start in the week with two and with putting up, like, 85 shots over two games and, lo- and, and losing both. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes they, did, yes, they turned around and did well against Blues because the Blues have goaltending issues. But, like, it, by the tail end of the week, it starts to pick up, like, this team is... Not tired, but just like four games in five days is a lot. Yes, it's four. It's four and six. I, I said that we needed to acknowledge how they played. We didn't need to shit all over them. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is they they played well in two games and lost. Played well in one game and lost, and then played in dog shit, and then played like dog shit in the last game, and bad things happened to them. It was an unfor. I would say this was as much of anything an unfortunate week as it was a bad week, if not more so unfortunate. Oh man, it's like a series of unfortunate events. Bruins edition. I was just gonna say that Boston Bruins series of unfortunate events. But look at it. Basically, their week was entirely handcuffed to the trials and tributations of goal- of goaltending. They ran into a hot goaltender and lost. Their goaltender chef bed and lost. Their good goaltender did well, and then their good goaltender got injured. Yeah. Well, Tuesday starts a new week. It does. And maybe we'll have dog hockey this weekend. Dog hockey. And, uh, and then there's non-zero chance that uh, that gritty will uh, will kill and eat at least one other one other mascot. Chance. Okay. He will. I was thinking he's gonna. I was thinking he's gonna steal steal um, Howler's tongue, just like drag him across, drag Howler along the ice by his tongue, maybe. Who's Howler? Howler's the flames mascot. Oh, is he like the raccoon? No, the oh, wolf. Oh, he's a dog. He's a he's a wolf with the tongue hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, he's the big bad wolf. I did see a really sweet video from the uh, the Calgary Flames uh, Twitter account. A young man who has autism got to meet his hero, who was Howler. I didn't know his name was Howler, though. It, was it just... wasn't just a man with autism. He was a um, big save Dave Redditch's brother. Who's that? Or the, the guy that's not, the, the, guy, the, the goaltender that's not Mike Smith. You know, the one that's actually playing well for them. Oh, I didn't know that he was related, but he got to meet his hero. So that was exciting. Yeah. You should be able to meet the people that you want to meet. Even if they're a guy in a uh, big bad wolf costume, sure. Especially if they're a guy in a big bad wolf costume. Of course, it just makes it cooler. <laughs> Come on, Emily Benjamin doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I think, I think we've uh, hit a lot of things this week. Uh, yep, yeah, I think uh, we've done what we needed to do. I think so. Um, road schedule going into next week. So after the All Star Weekend. The Bruins resume after nine days off. 
against Winnipeg on on February uh, on January 29th, seven o'clock Eastern at the Garden. Hmm. Following it up on the 31st, also 7 p.m. at the Garden against against Philly. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, apart from that game that they that they won against us, Philly's been bad. So like. Mm. Oh, I know. I know they've been bad. Mm. I have high so, hopes, maybe. Yeah, okay, so then they have um, uh, two days off and then play the Caps at Washington. What? Are we done with these guys yet? Uh, it's the Jeez. last game. It's the last one. It's the last one. At a mat- in a matinee at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on oh. on, 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 on Sunday the 3rd. On, on Sunday the 3rd? They play oh, matinee on Super Bowl Sunday. I know. Yeah. I got to tell you. I hope to be like arms deep in wings at that point, even though it's before the game. You have to, you have time to digest those wings, move on to the other wings by the time the game shows. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta yeah. I gotta order my wings because um, they're that's how this uh, wing place goes. You gotta have a reservation time. Yeah, you better get on that. I better yes. And then um, uh, they follow that up on on Tuesday the fifth against the Islanders at home. And that's the first night of a back-to-back. The next day is at the, is, is is an 8 p.m. Eastern start. Oh, that means it's NBC. God fucking oh. yeah. Uh, Against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So let me get this straight. We're playing the two New York City teams on a back-to-back. Mm. And we have a home, one home and one away game. Uh, oh, schedule makers uh, don't make sense. Like, that's such a dumb thing to do. It like is at least, at least a week later when they play Anaheim and LA back to back. I mean, obviously they're going to be both away or both home games. There's no way that's possible otherwise. They're both away, of course, because that's part of the dun 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 West Coast road trip. Mm. Is that the last one for the week, the sixth? Um, they play the that Saturday the ninth against the LA Kings at in Boston at one p.m. Eastern as well. Oh, my birthday has a matinee game. Interesting. Fucking manatees, man. Jeez. And it's the Kings. It was like two or three years ago they played the Kings on my birthday as well. And they lost like 7-2. At least there was that one Kings game some years ago where, um, uh, what was it, um, uh, on the penalty kill, Brad just like outfoxed all five all five of um, uh, Kings, including like Kopitar and, Dow- and Doughty, like broke everyone's ankles and then scored a great goal. That was nice. I missed those days. At least the Kings forgot how to hockey. They're not very good this year. They have no fucking idea how to hockey anymore whatsoever. And everyone that suggests we should trade for Jeff Carter needs to go away. Yes, I agree with that. I have no problem with Jeff Carter. It's just he's got term and no thanks. And we already have, have enough. And we already have enough players from the 2003 fucking draft on our team right now. You only need to have Bergy, duh. Exactly. You don't need both yeah. Bergy and Backies and Carter. Backus. Backus. Yes. Backus. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, wait a minute. I was like, okay, you, you misspelled. You, you didn't say Backus's name right, but um. Also, I, I, I was like, it, David Backus was that draft class? Yeah. Uh, but um, how? Are they the same age? Backus is at the old end of the, end of the draft, age, draft year range, whereas Bergie is lower. 
but they were both, I believe, second rounders in that draft as well. Give me a moment, I will confirm that. I may be wrong. Back this might have been a first. Wow. Talk about level of play difference for the same. Well, well, you look at it, a lot of those guys from the. Oh, come on, with the internet, why are you doing me this way? It's Logopedia. How hard is Logopedia? How hard is Logopedia? Motherfucker. It's a lot of words. Oh, I found it. Yes, it finally loaded. Yeah, Backus was the second round, actually. He was drafted later than uh, than, than, than Bergy. Wow. I, I did not know that. I did not know that at all. Like when you look at it, though, like Bergie's like one of the few players from that red draft that isn't starting to fall apart. Like Bergie, Ryan Suter, Eric Stahl, and Marc Andre Fleury. Mm. Man, that was a fairly good draft. I mean, look, yeah, the, the number of uh, players that are lit up as NHL All Stars in that first round is something else. Yeah, like, like there's a lot of players from that draft that are starting to disintegrate. I mean, like that first round had Mike Richards and Ryan Kessler. Ryan Kessler, who's like just like just completely disintegrated this year. Hey, remember there was talk last year that he was going to sit this year out because of his injuries, and like then he played and he's been dog shit. So weird. I don't remember that talk, but I also don't. I, I refuse to uh, to acknowledge he exists. So. I mean, that's fair. He can go fuck himself. He can, several times over. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, that's the uh, schedule in the next couple of weeks. Uh... Hockey boys and girls and other. So next week I will talk about pucks and pops. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I forgot this week. Okay. So listeners, you're listening to Barely on Topic. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Um, please subscribe, like us, give us a whole bunch of stars, leave some friendly comments, tell all your friends. Spray paint some graffiti on the local bus stop. Do what you gotta do. Just let get the word out there about us. <laughs> I almost thought you said sleep with all of your friends. I'm like, okay. I mean, like, you know, do that too. I mean, if everyone's having fun and wearing protection, you know, just take care of yourselves, people. <laughs> <laughs> We're a hockey podcast and a sex advice one too. Uh, <laughs> it reminds uh, can... me of that scene in Field of Dreams when Jim Duggan signs the baseball. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Duggan. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you gotta do. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, you can also uh, talk to us on Twitter. Um, that's at Barely on Topic, or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast, and of course at our individual Twitter accounts. I am, of course. Do- at Dr. Hand Grenade, that's D-R-H-A-N-D-G-R-E-N-A-I-D. I am at Tim A. Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> and the giggling fool you hear in the background is... I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Also known as VA from RI. <laughs> now I want to get hockey pups, pups, hockey pucks, and sign them. Avoid the clap. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> avoid the clap. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>